Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, teachers and parents, if your kids are like mine, I know they love superheroes. Uh, Today, we're privileged to have part of the DC Comics team that worked on the brand new STEM-themed comic, Flash Facts, 10 Terrific Tales About Science and Technology. It's available now. You can find out more about it at dccomics.com or in the show links. Uh, But today, we get to welcome to the show Shari and Matt Brady. They're a biology teacher, a physics and chem teacher, and they were actually part of this process. Welcome to the show today, Shari and Matt. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm so excited because, you know, teachers know how much our kids love superheroes. Our, our kids are not coming into school with Einstein shirts. They're coming into school with superhero shirts. Am I right? Yeah, yep. Definitely. Yep. definitely. Definitely. Especially now in pop culture, superheroes are having their best best life. Their best life. <laughs> they, they are. And, and there's like more and more sequels all the time. And, and it's great that, you know, here uh, DC Comics has uh, decided to, to create this basically a comic filled with 10 short stories. Mayim Bialik, famous actress, and everybody kind of knows her. She's kind of like the, the name behind this, but really it's 11 writers, 12 illustrators, and some incredible people uh, like you, Shari and Matt. Uh, just tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the project, how you, how you got excited about science and STEM and all those things in the first place. You can talk about the comics. Side. Yeah, I think we, we got involved. It was a friend of ours who's also, um, she was a consultant on the book, uh, Tracy Edmonds. This mm-hmm. goes years and years back, I came into teaching after a long run working and co-founding a website called newsarama.com, which was a comic book news site. And oh, so cool. I had plenty of science in my background before that, but towards the end of the run there that I was doing on the site, I decided to move into science and did a lateral entry into a, a high school position. But during that time on Newsarama, It was Tracy and her then very young daughter. They would write graphic novel reviews for me. And it was from her daughter's view and and what her daughter liked about it. And and it was a really neat thing to have. And then years later, we've we've remained friends. And so Tracy was working with DC a little bit. And they said, well, what about this project? And Tracy said, I know some people. And we got an email for us then just kind of out of the blue and we were we were floored and, and just kind of jumped right at it. It was like, yes, yes, yes. Let's do DC this. Comics. Yeah. Like, let me yeah. let me sign up right now. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm guessing, first of all, you know, educators are probably thinking this. Your, your street cred with the kids probably just just shot up. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're uh, you're going to red carpet and, you know, hanging out yeah. with 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 Superman and Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is how it works. It yeah. really does. But you're you're both teachers, though. So so you provided what for the Flash Facts comic book series? So we were sort of this, the science consultants, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we came up with the topics. As far as the science background, you know, like, like Matt said, we both have, you know, extensive backgrounds in science. We have uh, master's degrees in marine biology, which is actually where we met. Mm-hmm. And I did 12 years of biochemical research uh, at Wake Forest University before wow. I actually moved into education and um, yeah my doctorate is in science education. Wow. So, you know, we were able to pull together, you know, sort of these 10, well, it was 10 plus topics and we had to narrow it down to, yeah. you know, sort of 10 topics. We kind of aligned them as well as, as best we could to the national science standards so that, you know, they could be used in a classroom if need be. And then with our pop culture, we kind of tried to match them up with, okay, well, what, 
what characters could talk about this? Yeah. What character yeah. would be the good character to to talk about this? And I mean, when you have somebody like the Atom, okay, that's that's a given. But it's like, <laughs> who talks about electricity in a fun way? And yeah. you know, black lightning's a little bit too much easier easier to go there. So we had to you know come up with a different one. And and just to just a reference for for educators out there, it's a short comic. It's it's like a graphic novel. It's you know maybe maybe 130, 140 pages, 10 different short stories, each one with a different, basically, uh, head, you know, main character. And, and each one has a topic, you know, some of the topics like DNA, atoms, space, sea, weather, power, even even technology things like VR and 3D printing and, and forensic science. So yeah, we tried to run the gamut of, you know, what, what you would find in a science classroom mm-hmm. over the course of the year. And, and, and I have to, at this point, we have to give a shout out to all the creative teams yes. on that. They were just, as we were going with it, we came up with a overall topic list. Mayim kind of helped whittle it, whittle it down into what she felt should could really work in the book. Mm-hmm. And then the teams took this and, and ran with it. Oh my gosh. When we started seeing the, the end results and we'd get them to just kind of, can you check this? Can you see if this all works? We were just blown away. Yeah. And it's some you could tell that everybody just did mountains of research to figure mm-hmm. out not only what this stuff was that we were talking about, mm-hmm. but then how do you express that in a way that's audience appropriate, age, mm-hmm. age and audience appropriate, and then graphically, because you can't just have a character lecture for right. five panels. You have right. to show this in a way. And it, we were just blown away on how good these sto- stories are. Yeah. And yeah, again, uh, chatting with Matt and Shari Brady, part of the team behind uh, the Flash Facts, 10 Terrific Tales about science and technology from DC Comics. Uh, again, check out the uh, show links or, or search dccomics.com. You can, you can find out about uh, how to get a copy for your kids, for your classroom. But yeah, I, I read through it. I mean, I, I loved it. Yeah. And like you said, Matt, it's not just a bunch of superheroes lecturing about science. It, 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 yes, it feels like you're you're learning all these sciencey ideas. You're, it, it's definitely going to be great for educators to connect to science in their classroom. But it, it's a great jumping off point. It's a great hook for kids. Kids love superheroes. Exactly. So I want to ask, um, what do you think, or what do you see, what do you hope that a, that a teacher would find as a way to use this in their classroom? Um, so we're hoping as a supplement, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a textbook, obviously, but mm-hmm. like you said, it's a hook. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. So, you know, if you can give the kids the story to introduce uh, and a topic that's coming up and just a way for them to, you know, kind of get a feel for it or even create their own comics with it. You know, it's a good literacy integration because it is reading. A lot of these kids, you know, it's we struggled getting them to read. Um, you hand them this and, you know, they're going to be reading. And it's engaging. Yeah, very. And also, it's a it's a great way with having, you know, written other books and writing for our website, thescienceof.org. It's, it's a great way to then say, well, this look at how this is explained in this comic. Why don't you make your own comic strip or mm-hmm. comic book about something that we talked about in class? And I do that. I, you know, I teach 11th and 12th graders. And my students, when I assign something like that, they struggle with it but they enjoy it. They struggle mm-hmm. with it from the point of view of, you know, the, the the structure of a comic book requires them to break it down and think in sequence, this causes this, and this causes this, or in terms of a story of, 
if you're going to explain something, it has to happen step by step. And that's that's a big part of STEM education, of understanding that and then communicating that to an audience. And boy, we need some really good science communicators. <laughs> we do. Starting we like do. Now, starting actually <laughs> last <Yesterday>. year. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and again, this is a this is a great first step. You know, and, and, and every educator is out there looking for these kinds of great resources, these kinds of things that uh, help kids understand that STEM isn't just something we learn in the classroom. It's relevant to to everyday life. And, and every one of these stories uh, really does engage the kids with something about our world. Like like for me, probably my favorite one was was the first one, the forensics one, thinking about forensic science. So many kids love those those detective shows and and, and how things get figured out. Superheroes, you know, tracking criminals, you know, is real. It's not just, you know, a superhero thing. It's it's forensic science uh, and, and kids to, to introduce them to these topics in that fun, engaging opportunity is is a great jumping off point for them. And it does have, you know, actual hands on experiments that they can do in the back. So there yeah. is that, you know, that supplement there that, you know, if a teacher is teaching a subject and may not quite know how to do it or needs a quick activity that you can do in your classroom relatively easily, then, you know, it can be used as a resource that way. Right. And and like uh, Shari said, the, the forensics one, it says, you know, of course, you know, use a, you could a small mirror or a plastic report cover, just anything plastic. And then to make a fingerprint, you could have fingerprint powder, but maybe you just have cornstarch or cocoa powder and, and something like that. And, and, and again, teachers need those simple ideas. Oh, I don't have fingerprint powder. Well, that's okay. You know, yeah. we can, you know, just like we don't have superpowers, we can still, uh, <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna start doing the you know the lab experiments gone wrong and end up with you know super supervision or anything in our classroom. So you, you talked about you talked about literacy, getting kids to to read. What kind of what kind of age level did you really try to to create this this book? Obviously, any kid can read it. Any age, even adults, be gonna be excited about it as well. Um, usually, I think the target level is between like eighth and ninth grade is mm-hmm. kind of where, you know, mo- like the, the average sort of reading level when thing you know, for, for things like this that we say are all ages. Mm-hmm. Um, then that way you kind of, you know, it's it's a reach for a younger um, audience, but then it's, you know, accessible for anybody else. And, and yet the topics are still going to relate to kids of all age. I mean, right. one, one of the characters is a science fair and try to come up with her project and she feels mm-hmm. like... Uh, I can't think of anything cool, you know. They're very engaging and very relatable for, yeah, for all ages, as we said. Yeah. Again, just uh, check out dccomics.com. You can find out more. Tell me tell me some of your favorite parts about working on this or tell me some of your your favorite aspects. I think just, we, like you said, we, we had a ball just coming up with the list and then, you know, creating the activities, you know, because it was all things that, you know, we've actually done in our classrooms and it, mm-hmm. it did give us a chance to revisit some of those. And, you know, like you said, with the forensics of thinking about it in terms of like cornstarch and cocoa powder and things you can just get from the grocery store. I mean, we wrote this in the, in the midst of virtual learning and being shoved into this pandemic. And all of a sudden, you know, parents are having to recreate science experiments in their homes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you realize, you know, teachers are are doing that every day because their classrooms aren't fully equipped. So it just, yeah, we just, we had a ball just coming up with the topics. And I I love, I mean, with the, the, we came up with the topics and just kind of gave pointers of just maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. And then, like I said, they, the creators just blew us away on what they were able to pull out and what they included. Um, The, the lights out one, the one I'd mentioned earlier with electricity, Mm -hmm. it was just amazing. That was uh, Amanda Diebert and Eric Owen 
But it was amazing because what I loved was they were able to fold in kind of all that really cool stuff about electricity that it's, it's a moving target to figure out, okay, where does this show up in curriculum? Yeah. Of how electricity is made. We have like two ways to make electricity and it has to work this way. Or if we don't, we can do it this way. But just the, the subtle little things and the, the subatomic, as a physics mm-hmm. teacher, of course, I love that one. Yep. Uh, just we need that idea out there that, you know, oh, the building blocks of the atom are protons, neutrons, electrons. Well, we can go smaller. Yeah. You think of the technology of the day, we need to understand a lot more. And it's not that big of a reach. I have gotten in arguments with other science teachers that we need to teach quirks in middle school. And uh, yeah. it ended well for me, but um, <laughs> I'm still fighting those battles. That's one of the quirks of talking about quirks, right? <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, and even, I mean, some of the background information is so impressive. Yeah, I mean, they're, yes, they're talking about atoms and protons and neutrons and electrons. And they, and they talk about, you know, protons have a positive electric charge and neutrons are neutral. That means they have no charge. And it, it's, it's not just fluffy and glossing it over. No because we wanted to make a cool science comic book. It's real stuff. It's, yeah, it is, it is the, the there is, yeah. there is meat on these bones. Yeah. I think one of my favorites was the swamp thing. Um, the DNA. The DNA one that just, you know, the level of detail that they were able to put into, you know, 10 pages was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then of course, not to, not to spoil, well, maybe spoil a little bit of that story. When the questions get a little bit too strange for Swamp Thing, he just disappears. Because <laughs> needs to answer that. It just disappears. That is a beautiful, yeah. beautiful little yeah. character and, moment for Swamp Thing. And, and just thinking, you know, parents are looking for these ideas too. We, we talked about that already, uh, Matt and uh, Shari. And, and I know that you've got your own website. You, you kind of beat me to it earlier, Matt, when you mentioned the scienceof.org. You're really trying to, to help parents, families, kids understand that there is that pop culture connection with science, with STEM, with technology each and every day. Uh, and, and this this project you've been able to be part of is one facet of that, but it really connects. I mean, you wrote a book about uh, the science of Rick and Morty. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the strengths of it. And that we've found over the years is that using pop culture in, in science class, if you use a familiar piece of pop culture or even something that maybe you're introducing to students, there's an ownership mm-hmm. of that piece of pop culture because it's owned by everybody. Yeah. And so you have students that are, that increases the engagement. They're engaged from the jump. They, they know who Superman is or they, they understand Batman or, mm-hmm. or things like that. And, you know, you can, you can take that and leverage that engagement to, well, let's talk about what it would be like to really have this happen. Um, and so that's what I do. I think, you know, in just mentioning the, the website, one of the more recent articles I wrote on there was about Flash in a in a DC Comics storyline in Endless Winter, and he started suffering from hypothermia. I'm like, well, he's the Flash, so he actually had a line in there saying, "I can feel my molecules moving slower." <laughs> time to talk about kinetic molecular theory, and time to talk about this what goes wrong in hypothermia. Yeah. And yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, and you used a great word there, Matt. Uh, and again, if you haven't checked out the scienceof.org, I, I would highly recommend educators check it out. There's some great resources there, uh, especially if you've got kids that like pop culture, which you all do. Uh, I mean, in fact, in fact, my daughter right now is upstairs watching Phineas and Ferb, which is oh, yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing science show. Um, but you use that word leverage, Matt. We, we try to think as educators and as parents, how can we leverage our kids' interests along those lines? 
you know, I know you're both educators. I know you've gotten to be part of this great project with DC Comics. Uh, and again, check it out, dccomics.com. I, I mean, I can't recommend it enough, educators. It's it's super simple to, to order a copy, get a copy, have it on the bookshelf in your classrooms. So kids can just walk up, grab it. Or again, like uh, like Shari mentioned earlier, use it to introduce a chapter, use it to introduce a unit, uh, share it with your other educators who, you know, maybe didn't grab a copy and then they'll go grab a copy too. Hey, I'm trying. <laughs> and I'm not trying to, you know, get get sales to go up. I'm just saying this is a great resource to have because if we think about what's the future of of science and STEM education, you you think a lot about that. You've both been part of science education in so many aspects. What do you, what do you hope? What do you feel about that? Make it accessible. We can't, you know, we we you sometimes I think everybody has run across a teacher that is we like to refer to them as gatekeepers mm-hmm. that tells you you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we want to be able to get rid of that. I don't think there's ever you know, you should never see a student come through your classroom and think they can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's up to them to decide that they don't want to do it, but you should never give them the impression that they can't do it. And so that's that's really I think our goal as we as we, you know, sort of this mission or whatever that we move out is that everybody can do this if they want to. Right. And I think also make it accessible, but make it and and at the same time, we kind of need to modernize it, I guess, a bit. If you think of science lesson, if if your average person, I think, thinks of a science lesson, it's kind of dry and boring stuff. You know, flash facts shows it's not dry and boring. And, you know, by blending it with pop culture, that's our way of seeing that it's in everyday life. This Mm -hmm. really cool stuff is in everyday life. And, you know, if we can just kind of jump it forward a little bit and really that that's where that engagement kicks in of how does this stuff affect me? And we can forget that in the rush of tests and of course in virtual learning and (laughs) just surviving through the year. But, but, that relevance really, really needs to be there. Yeah, and and we may think a lot about um, all those those cool things that we're maybe seeing on the forefront, VR and 3D printing. Well, you know, those aren't like you know way off in the future science fiction anymore. Those are those are now, and, and right. those are what our superpowers are. Kids want to solve problems. That's why they love superheroes because superheroes solve problems and kids want to solve problems and and they see the problems in the world and they want to help fix them. And, you know, they're not, they're not going to, you know, wake up one morning with x-ray vision, um, but they can use VR and, and see inside stuff like, like they've never seen before. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, one last question I do love to ask everybody and, and we'll get you some, some final thoughts. And I got one other question I want to ask you too. Uh, just kind of curious about if there's going to be another issue number two here. But if you could have somebody from, from science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, or, or maybe a superhero come into your classrooms and, and inspire your kids, uh, who, who would that be, Matt? Who would that be, Shari? Real person? We joke about this now and then. Real person, I think, Real person is uh, Isaac Newton because he'd be so weird. He'd just be so. I had actually it was. Didn't you just I, talk about modernizing science? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody can go with Carl Sagan and, yeah. and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. But when I was writing the, the Rick and Morty book, I wrote a bunch about Isaac Newton. And my editor, when he was sending me notes back, he said, "Someday I hope to find someone that I'll feel as strongly about as you feel about Isaac Newton." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe I need to tone that back. Um, <laughs> But in terms of superhero, that one's easy too. Ray Palmer, the Adam, the original one. Yeah, uh, he's a physicist and a teacher. So, <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. How about how about you, Shari? Ah, uh, 
I'd have to, I have to go back to Swamp Thing. And the only reason I said that, <laughs> I'm staring at him because I have a statue of him right here on my desk. But, um, and, you know, I've, I use that character in my classroom. When we, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about photosynthesis, we do, you know, a red Swamp Thing, blue Swamp Thing, you know, green Swamp Thing, which one's going to be the, you know, most efficient at. <laughs> which know? is, which is as a tie-in, the, the red Swamp Thing, blue Swamp Thing. Yeah. It's an, it's an old Swamp Thing storyline yeah. where he went to different planets and grew a blue body because that was the sun that was available to him. That was the light that was available to him. My kids have to explain, you know, in terms of photosynthesis, who, who would be more powerful. Wow. I love um, just some, some incredible thoughts and, and ideas today. I, I got to ask, do you know, is there going to be an issue number two? Hope so. We hope so. Hope so. We gave, when we came up with a list of topics, we had, as Shari said earlier, we had more than 10. So mm-hmm. uh, we had plenty of topics and that's, that's all been in our, kind of the communication back and forth with the team has been fingers crossed, fingers crossed. <laughs> it would never be hard to come up with more. Yeah. So you hear that educators? I think if what, what Matt and Shari mean is that if, if a lot of you educators go out and buy copies and encourage your parents to buy copies for their kids, DC Comics is going to say, wow, parents and <laughs> teachers and educators are really excited about getting kids engaging with STEM. So let's uh, let's help do that. Let's help make that process happen. Honestly, though, seriously, um, Matt, Shari, I'm, I'm so grateful for, for you uh, being able to share a little bit about Flash Facts, 10 Terrific Tales about Science and Technology. I think it's I think it's got a potential to be definitely another one of those game changers in education to uh, to make make science education and technology education a, a little <laughs> so. more a little more different. So, <laughs> and and again, check out the scienceof.org also to find out more great uh, resources that Matt and, and Shari are, are producing. Any other last thoughts today? So. Make it engaging. Yeah. Make it engaging for your kids. That's the yeah. The, best the biggest message we got make it engaging it needs to be you need to have fun teaching it and they'll have fun learning it (laughs) that's important if we're not having fun teaching then uh, that's that's going to rub off on the kids too so um appreciate it today matt and shari and again uh check out dccomics.com and uh, find out more about the brand new flash facts available now and uh, definitely get a copy for your kids for your classroom and 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 yeah again just keep making education relevant make it exciting make it accessible to all of, all of our kids so um, keep up the good work educators and thanks for listening to this episode of the stem everyday podcast or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app leave a review and just keep on doing all the great things that you're doing every day educators if you got questions uh Reach out to educators like uh, Matt and Shari on the scienceof.org or reach out to me at dailystem.com. We're all always there, uh, willing to help each other out. We're all uh, trying to make uh, things better for our kids. Keep up the good work, educators.